0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Real Estate Sessions Rewind. This week, we're going back to September of 2022, my guest, Katie Kosov. Katie is CEO and owner of the Kosov Group. She's a keynote speaker, an event host, a business development consultant, strategist. Uh, she's just a wonderful woman. And I know you'll enjoy listening to this to again, or possibly for the first time. Cheers.
1: And also the minute that you don't act like yourself on social media, like everyone can tell it's so gross. Like nobody likes it. Your voice has changed and you're trying too hard. So it's really a commitment for me to say like, you are great. Like I, I, I see this in you. Let's share that with everybody else. So they see it.
0: You're listening to the real estate sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, executive vice president, strategic partnerships with rate my agent a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents harness the power of verified reviews. For more information, head on over to ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 329 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. Today, I finally get Katie Kosov on the show. If you don't know Katie, I feel bad for you. <laughs> she's she's uh, done a lot of great things in her uh, her real estate career lately. She's been a, a mainstay of the Inman stages, and during the pandemic, the Inman uh, you know virtual connects as an MC as a moderator. I had the the joy of actually being the MC on um, one of the sessions in in spring of 2022, where I got to introduce both Katie and Kendall Bonner in a broker track. I know you're gonna love this show. So let's get this thing going. Katie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Ah, thanks so much. This is going to be so fun.
0: I am thrilled to have you on the show. Um, I'm, I've am i been in the Inman world since 2010, and uh, you've been a big part of the Inman world for the last, I'll say, five years. Am I right?
1: Actually, you know, it's funny that you said 2010. That's when I discovered Inman as well. I um I went from my uh, selling real estate career into management in 2010. And then I dove straight in. So my first conference was in San Francisco. Remember when it used to be next to... Where was it? Like Union Square? Anyway. That's exactly
0: right. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, and now I guess it's probably too dangerous to have it there. Uh, but it that's for another conversation. But um, yes. uh, I was there. I had just left... I think a Mike Ferry conference um, in Las Vegas, where I got the flu, which turned into like bronchitis or something in San Francisco. And I was alone and I literally thought, I I think about this a lot, that I was going to die in that hotel alone. So this gets better. I somehow, I'd never attended Inman. I was just there. I got my bags after my feverish bout for two days and I somehow walked to the, the BART station um, with my bags and I took Bart to Dublin cause I'm originally from uh California oh. and my sweet grandmother picked me up and I was bedridden and went to the hospital for another two days.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: That's that. So
0: your first admin, you really didn't attend.
1: <laughs> no, but I was there. I was there. <laughs>
0: You were there. Uh, that's cool. I, I like starting with where people come from, and and you're all about Texas now, right? Uh, because everything yeah. we we find out about you and hear you talk about, it, it's all Texas. But so uh, Northern California, Dublin, California. That's funny. That's that was um like the main headquarters for a grocery store I worked at. It called Lucky Stores when I was like in high school.
1: Yes, right? grew up Dublin Lucky's. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's that's so. I'm that's from Livermore. So awesome.
1: Actually, okay. originally, yeah. my, um my family is from Livermore, one of the most amazing places I think in the United States, like a hidden wonder, except for people who live in Northern California, but it used to be like, you know, a horse town. And now it's beautiful mm. vineyards. And just just a lovely, lovely town. My mother remarried when I was in uh, eighth grade. And she married a man from Texas. Which mm. then brought me to Texas, but my entire family was still um, was still there in California, and I will always call California home. Um, Texas is great, but California is my place. And it was funny this last in Some of the organizers for the conference were like, "Oh, Katie, you're so Texas with your big blonde hair," and your and I was like, "What? And I'm trying to flatten it down. Like, what? No, I'm not. But it's true. I mean, I okay. I, I have been here a long, long time. So
0: yeah." yeah. Livermore, East Bay. Just so people know that, right? It's it's a kind of out past San Ramon. It's even farther east, yes. going that way. Yeah, yeah okay. so. I'm
1: really bad with uh, geography. I just okay. you know, I go there. My mom lives in Pleasanton still, which is okay. a, like a beautiful uh, little town that connects to Livermore with a beautiful downtown yeah. Main Street and shopping, and it's just a, you know anywhere where you can live and the windows can stay open and there's not bugs and there's a breeze is like heaven to me.
0: So yeah, me, well, me too. Now that I'm in Florida, uh, yeah, <laughs> so, right. <laughs> um, uh, I have to ask you this, eighth grade is a real critical time for a young girl. Yes, and that that move had to be there had to be a little bit of angst, I'm just gonna say.
1: Oh, yeah, it was uh, incredibly traumatic. Um, and not yeah. to mention I could talk about you know my the the way I grew up and um all that quite a bit. so it was it wasn't the most exciting move to me. My grandparents, I was very close to them, so I missed them very much. Um, and going to a new school and we kind of moved in the country of Texas and I was not living in like a rural area in California, so it was it was very mm-hmm. new to me. As soon as I graduated high school, I got the heck out of that area of Texas, not not my favorite. I think um, my childhood and everyone's childhood is just a, a testament to who they are as an adult. So I'm so thankful for all those those crazy weird things that happened to me, like moving from California to to here because it, it made me stronger and honestly who I am and um, I, I, deal with a lot with a sense of humor. I think a lot of it came from that. Um, so I'm appreciative of it.
0: Yeah, that's great. Let's, let's talk about Houston a little bit. Um, I, I, I like finding out about all these different hometowns and I've we've had a couple of guests from Houston on before, but I'll, I'll get your take. Give me, what's something that we, Probably don't know about Houston, and and trust me, we all know about the Astros in their little episode. So yeah. uh, hopefully, I don't know. Are you a fan of the Astros? I, I mean, have, you live there for so not, long. Not
1: like my husband. Like, didn't he grew up in Eastern Europe, and they didn't like aren't into sports except for you know soccer a little bit. Um, but for the most part, no. Um, I'm kind of much more into the art scene. So don't worry, I don't have to go off on the Astros. There, it's a fun game once in a while. <laughs> all
0: right. So tell me, tell me, give me something I should know about Houston that I don't know.
1: I would say honestly, we just moved into the suburbs right before the pandemic started, but the city of Houston's a really, really cool place. So um I think a lot of people think of, you know, cowboy hats and the horses and all that jazz about Texas and it's just it's not it's not bad yeah. like whatsoever um it has an, a really trendy scene a very cool art scene the museums are fantastic I think I would I would say and I've done a lot of traveling now especially in the United States and um, we have the best food like hands down we're foodies. Wow. And Texas, Houston specifically has amazing food. And it's not just barbecue and all that. There are amazing chefs and amazing, beautiful restaurants that are here in Houston. And we have yet to find anything that comes close anywhere else, um, honestly. Uh, a few towns, you know, come a little bit, but it's just, it's great, like a plethora of food. So if you like food, Texas is yep. it. Also, there is a beach, you know. I mean, I don't think people get like Galveston's close. It's not really pretty, <laughs> um, to be honest. I just bought a house there. So no one can get mad at me for saying that I'm trying to invest in the area. There's a beach and it's fun. And there's a boardwalk and it's cool. And it's only an hour and a half, you know, from the suburbs of Houston in some parts or even closer. If you're in downtown, it's less than an hour to water.
0: Okay. I have been to Galveston. My wife and I made a, took a trip to Houston I maybe mean, many, many years ago, 25 years ago. And we had to go to Galveston to see it. And well, we weren't that impressed.
1: Yes. And we turned
0: around, we turned around and went back to Houston because that was cool.
1: You know, it's funny. The my <laughs> husband woke up one day, and, and we'll talk about this and kind of what where my real estate sites are set right now. But um, we woke up and he was like, let's go to Galveston today, and we're not fans. And we went and we fell in love with this house, and it's it was so weird. And we're like, let's do it. And, um, it was a little higher than we wanted to spend. And then we're like, well, if we can make this, you know, make it money off of investment and still enjoy it with our family. Plus we were looking for a place that our daughter would want to spend time with us before she leaves us in three years. And it hit all the it hit all those notes. And, you know, just driving there, it's like you start to get calm and kind of like decompress. And it's it's really a cool place and really great people. So
0: uh, we, have, we have to talk about Sam Houston State University. Tell me, first of all, where is it? I apologize for not knowing where it is.
1: Yeah, who does? Um, uh, it's in Huntsville, Texas. So it's um, north of Houston, um, about an hour. Um, and I tried when I graduated to get away. I tried as much as I could, but I am an only child. I have a half brother, but we didn't grow up together. So my mom had been divorced by the time I was graduating high school. So she was alone. Um, I am her best friend. (laughs) And um, she did not deal with uh, empty nest syndrome very well. So I felt um, that I really needed to, you know, stay near to her. And I was um, very interested in broadcast journalism. And they have an amazing program at Sam Houston. So um, that is where I, I set my sights. And it was, you know, within driving distance did the whole dorm thing. It was miserable and weird. Um, so it, it, it worked out. It worked out. Is it, is it NYU? No, but it was, it was a good experience. I left for a little bit and went to Texas state, which is like a little further out, but for the most part, I was in Texas still.
0: What was the intended career path? Were you going to try to become a, a journalist or yeah. or on the TV news? What were you thinking so about? When
1: I first went off to school, I decided Um, there's something inside me where no one ever told me I couldn't do anything. So I just thought, well, I'm going to do whatever I want then. And I wanted to be in radio. So I started my freshman year. I actually went to a junior college called Blinn, which is in Brenham, Texas initially. And, um, they had a little radio station that had an AM and FM. And I said, can I have a job? I want to be on the air. Like how ridiculous. Right. (laughs) And they were like, no, you cannot. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to keep coming back. Because I heard like persistence is key. So I literally went back. How annoying. Um, every other day or so until finally um, the owners realized I wasn't going to leave them alone. And they, after a week of like training, they let me host a an AM, like imagine like uh, online like marketplace now, like where you post things for free. So I did that on an AM station. It was KWHI 1280. And I would say like, okay, Bob has a goat for sale and you two can have it. Call in right now. And I would handle it. Anyway, so I did that. And then I moved up to the FM station and I was hosting a country music um, evening show and then morning show. And I continued in radio through all of my college career.
0: Were well, the shows called like Shop and Swaps? I think I think yeah. there's some kind of...
1: Yeah, It was that's exactly what it was like. I forget what it's called at the moment. I'm going to remember as soon as we're done, but um, it was hilarious. It was just like what? Like, why, how did I get that position at such? I was 17 when I was
0: wow. starting? Well, that obviously explains why you're so comfortable in front of a camera. You have a lot of fun, you know, on stage. Yeah. There's a natural kind of that entertainer built into you, which is very cool. Like you said, all those experiences led to this, yes. which is awesome. We do have to talk about real estate on the podcast. So let's get, how does real estate enter the picture for you then?
1: so I was in radio I um, then moved into another town where I worked for another station and the news director there was named Laura and Laura was about eight years older than me and the old soul that I am we connected immediately um she is still my best friend to this day so you know 20 plus year friendship and um, she had three kids at the time um, and she uh, was ready to get out of that life because radio can be, um, not really stable sometimes, and corporate America was really coming in and and, and swooping swooping in, and, and and it wasn't looking good. She was like, "I'm going to get into real estate, like most people do, right? Like you're young." And yeah. she's like, "Let's yeah. do it together, because you know I was like 22 <laughs> and thought, yeah." And I, I told myself, and, and she said, "Like you'll have so much extra money, you'll be able to travel back to California all the time and see your family. Like you'll have all the extra time in the world." And uh, so we together got our real estate licenses, and I um, held out at the radio station and stayed for a little bit. And Mm -hmm. she was like, she went full time in and and I felt bad that she was doing it and I wasn't full time. So I resigned and then I, we jumped in full time and it was amazing because the first, I would say six years of my real estate career, I was with my best friend every single day. Like we would get up, we would meet at the office. Um, and we were the young, you know, there's always like a young crew at a real estate office that kind of Mm -hmm. everybody else nervous and also excited to be in the business because you're annoying and you're there and they're like, Oh crap, I got to come to work because these two young kids are going to take over. And that's kind of, you know, who we are. And as far as marketing yourself back then, you paid $300 a month to be in a ridiculous magazine. Um, Like we <laughs> ours was called the home focus. I don't know if you remember that life, but wow.
0: Uh, hmm. Yeah.
1: So that was it. That was so, it.
0: So first of all, you're being that young and been probably having that crew of older people that are in the brokerage because that's that's the majority, right? That's yeah. the average. Were, were there was it did you have to battle through some of those people going, Oh, whatever, you guys are just never going to make it? Or I mean, there's always you hear these stories. Did you have those same things yeah, happen to you? I
1: remember thinking, I remember specifically asking a woman on the phone. Um, she called me Missy. And I, oh, I said, at what point do you think my voice will change? Like, in your experience, ma'am, at what age will you no longer feel the need to call me Missy because you've never seen me? I was like, does my <laughs> voice change like at thirty or forty? Um, and I think she was just like, oh, this girl's so rude. But um, yeah, we got a lot of that. Like, what are you doing? You don't know what you're doing. And um, but it, it stopped pretty quickly because I think they saw our resilience and our persistence, and we were. Yeah always there. We were always willing to help. It was the first time that we had like business cards. Like we were young and we had an office and, um, we were not afraid to go call a a number on a first sale by owner sign. Like even now at this age, I would, I'm almost afraid of doing that. But at that age, I I'll go knock on a door. Like who cares? You mean I can make X amount of dollars by helping this person, like do something good for them. Duh. (laughs) So I would, you know, we'd go around, we'd knock on doors all day, like no fear whatsoever. And, uh, it was fun. It was fun to do it with a friend, too. I think that helped a lot.
0: I was going to say that once again, the foreshadowing of how you can be that manager and be that person to help the yeah. per- help the people do the the work they have to do, right, to be yeah. successful yeah. is making sense. You've only been, I think, looking at your history, really, you had two long stints with two brokerages, right? Yeah. The first one must have been with your friend. And yeah. that was, um, what was the name of that? It was a local. It
1: was called Top Guns Realty. If that is not more Texas, I don't know what is. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. that was like, um. so if you're from Texas, you may know like the Lake Conroe area. So for golfers, it's Bentwater is a country club out there. It's a, it's a beautiful place. Um, it, There are a lot of like very luxurious properties. It's a, it's a nice place to live. Um, And it worked out well for us in the beginning um, of our career, So we were there for, let's see, from, I got my license in 2000. 2000- 2001 I believe and then I had my daughter in 2006 and that was about the time that um oh here's my I'm a I'm an open book I got my license 2001 had my daughter in 2006 I got divorced in 2010 um he and I are still incredibly close we co-parent my daughter that's honestly why I'm still in Texas um not that I wouldn't stay but you know I want my daughter to be next to her father so once he and I got divorced, I said, I don't need to be out here in this like lake suburb area. I can move into the city now and still be close enough to her father and his family. So my daughter and I um, packed up. I told my best friend, I love you very much, but it's time for another chapter of my life. She stayed 45 minutes behind. I moved into the city where I accepted um, a role uh, in a on the management team at a well, it was brand new. I basically opened it. It was an Intero franchise, like in the Greater Houston area, and um, I spent my next ten years and a few months um, opening, starting, like running, and creating this amazing heavy toolkit of everything you need to know to be like a good real estate leader and manager and coach and all that good stuff.
0: Intero, Northern California based? Is, yeah. that, is there like, I was going to say there's a yeah. little circle. I, yeah, I feel it like. was
1: real weird. Like what are they, like a headhunter like reached out to me and I was like, no, because I was doing my own, like, you know, still selling and coaching and all that kind of stuff as a young, younger person and in, in the suburbs of Houston and, um, they said it's from California, Northern California. And I said, okay, well, maybe this is meant to be. Cause it was literally, you know, within an hour of where my family was in California and uh, yeah. a really great man, um, bought the franchise for Houston and he and I and his family have remained friends. And while I was at Intero, I actually helped acquire a smaller brokerage. Um, and it just so happened the owner of that smaller brokerage is now my husband. <laughs> no, it worked out.
0: So <laughs> happens. Yeah. Acquisitions are good. <laughs> at least in the Kosaf family. It looks like, sure.
1: I'll marry you. How about All that?
0: All right. So now you, you now have started the Kosov group. Let's talk. What is that? What are you doing there? I'm sure it's got to be thrilling and exciting and new and fresh.
1: I was at that first brokerage, when I was with Intero, like the, the meaty part of my career. So from the time I was um thir- 29 to uh like let's see, 39, I was at Intero. And then, um, of course, on their wild stallions, Compass came a calling. (laughs) Um, And I said, no, no, at first, because Intero was my baby. But the one thing that I knew was that it was going to have to be something big to get me away from my baby, because it was time for it to continue to grow. I was literally running myself into the ground. I have a work problem where if I've committed and told someone I'm going to do something, I am all in, um, all in. So I was working really long days and like, I'm not a good delegator. Let's put it that way. Okay. So at all. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) it was, it was a trying time. And I thought, you know, after a conversation with my husband was like, okay, compasses, it's a different beast. It will make sense to my intero family that I am going to package this up and say, thank you so much and move on to, you know, this, Wonderland of new real estate brokers that everyone was talking about. So I jumped right. over to uh, Compass in, um, let's see, 2019, and um, within uh, one year of managing 500 plus people alone, I uh, I realized that it's a great brokerage, but it was not the perfect fit for me. Not in any in any way. I was used to having control, and I realized at Compass I had none of that. Uh, it's a big, it's a, it's corporate America, which I don't, do Absolutely. Great, but it, but it is, and I, it's not yeah. corporate America is not for Katie in any sense of the word. So, um, I, I pleasantly, um, resigned, uh, respect the company greatly. And everyone there, um, stayed a little bit longer to help them even some things out. And they have a great crew of people now. And, uh, uh my husband and I looked at each other and said, enough, enough people. Like I have done that my whole entire life. Like t- I, I'm a caretaker. And um, we sat down, we looked at our real estate goals. Real estate's so amazing because not only can you sell it in the beginning and like learn about it, there's so many different facets, um, especially yeah. if it's like a husband and wife team. We know so much about investing and consulting and selling. Um, it, it, it was really nice to sit down one weekend, create a game plan for our life. And, and that consists of just he and I no agents. I am not recruiting. I am not a threat to any other person like working for EXP or any of the above. I don't want anybody to work for me ever. <laughs> um, I purely want to help people that I choose I'm a good fit with. My husband is working with you know, consulting with investors. We're investing ourselves. Um, and yeah, we're working on building a portfolio of real estate, which is so great and such a, an amazing thing to do for people in the business. I hope everyone that's listening like starts to do that. Like it's silly just to keep selling, yeah. like do something else too. like use your skills for yourself, you know, along with your clients.
0: So talk about some of the things you do outside of the selling part.
1: Yeah. So, um, the coast group is basically it's an LLC and we have like a, a little plethora, a bowl of goodies inside of it. And so we do sell real estate, um, to families that are looking for a place to live. My husband handles that, portion of it. Um, I work with real estate agents who are looking to um, just grow their business. I am not like a real estate coach that has like an online class that I can and that's not me. I love those who do it. Again, they're good at delegating, right? I will work with a small number of people um, on a monthly basis because I I refuse to not give my all to those people. So I will never work with more than 10 at a time ever because I want to talk to them every day and I want to reach out and ask them how they're doing. And I really want to um, treat each agent like almost like a new agent because a lot of agents are maybe in the business for a long time, but they still having a, a really hard time with the foundation of their business or they're feeling worn out or they're just not consistent. Right. And they need somebody yeah. to hold them accountable. And that's kind of where I come in. And if you are um, doing that on a grand scale with hundreds and hundreds of people, you just can't do it. So at this point in my life, honestly, it's less about money and it's more about what do I do that brings me happiness. And that's giving back, which I know sounds corny and probably not authentic, but it truly is. I am, I love other people's success as my success. Um, and that's, that's how I always, I always look at life. So that's what I do. I work with individuals. Um, and then we just really dove straight into like uh, midterm rentals, which um, basically is defined like traveling nurses, anyone looking to stay like a month or longer, which allows us to purchase homes. In There's a lot of homeowners associations in Texas and rules. And those rules usually state that you cannot um, have anyone stay in there for transient use. And transient use in Texas, at least, is defined as 30 days or less. So... That opened up. We had a one rental property. It wouldn't ever rent. We're like, what in the heck? Like, somebody moved out, couldn't rent it. And then uh, we decided, let's throw it up on Airbnb and a few other um, rental sites and see what we can have, what can happen. So we furnished it and it took off. And that was a couple of years ago. Um, so now we are, uh, we have, let's see, four here in Houston. And we just bought a short term in Galveston. But those midterm, the 30 day like turnover, are amazing like they're fantastic. So my husband really works with people, um, helping them do that as well. So consulting a bit with teaching them how to do that, how to set it up, um, how to make sure you're making the right choice before you purchase the property. Yeah, that's about it. Now, our next step is we're looking for um, properties outside of Texas. And our first goal is to buy our first out of state in Michigan um, sometime end of this year, beginning part of next year.
0: Now I got to ask, There's a lot of states, and I'm thinking it's going to be someplace else in the South. Why Michigan?
1: Well, it's funny. So during the pandemic, my husband loves researching. Um, So first, we researched Vermont. And you're like, what in the hell? Vermont? Um, So we got in our car, and we road tripped to Vermont. And this is also about the time that we fell in love with travel, which we'll talk about in a little bit and like road tripping. So we road tripped 30 hours to Vermont from Texas, um, fell in love with it. Um, made an offer on a house, did not get it. That would have been our first like venture into like vacation rentals. We should have because the house we were looking at was what, like two and a half hours, three hours from New York City um, in Vermont. It was $270,000. And we were like, I don't know, I don't know. We left, the pandemic like had just started, right? Like we were going to get pulled over. In Vermont, because we like we're from Texas, that's how bad it was. And then now that same house has doubled in value over a very short period of time, and that yeah. taught us, okay, like let's let's really know the markets in all these different states. And uh, so my husband then somehow fell in love online with Michigan, and um, more specifically a town called Harbor Springs, Michigan.
0: That's that's very specific. It is
1: very specific. But what a wonderful adventure my life is. Yeah. And he comes to me and he's like, "Hey, spring break, let's." I have a plate. We're gonna go somewhere. We're gonna road trip again. I was like, "Where?" I prove it to me. And he usually he makes good calls, but he's like Harbor Springs, Michigan. It's beautiful. It has everything that we possibly could ever want. I was like, we've never lived anywhere where the winters are Michigan winters. So he takes me there for spring break, but my, my daughter and I would go and it is beautiful. I mean, the great lakes are ridiculous. Um, I can't believe such beauty exists where you can go to a beach where there's pine trees like, and the water that <laughs> right. has salt in it. Like it is mm. glorious. So he fell in love. Numbers look great. He also is licensed in the state of Michigan and has been for quite some time. He um, uh, has really loved researching and getting to know Detroit over the last five, seven years. And um, so we'll probably make our first, um, like long-term rental property investments and in, in, in around Detroit with a another home in Michigan, which we will keep and um, use as one of the homes that we stay in when we start to travel, which I'll talk to you about in a bit.
0: I like bringing the, some of the, some tips and ideas and things for the, the listeners of the show. Sure. And I, you know, you've talked to a lot of agents, not just um, in your current role, but even before, but you are in an in intero when you're, when you're helping uh, consulting, managing. Could you rattle off like the top three? Are these are there certain yeah. things that you just know? I've we're going to be talking about.
1: Yeah, I think um, uh, those initial meetings. It's all about me trying to get them to understand that whoever they are is. It, it, it is a magnet for people. And they may be looking for business in the wrong area right now. And I try to get to know a person. Um, not everyone has my personality. Everyone is their own person. But whatever they are attracts the kind of clientele that they want to, to meet. And I always use the the example of like when I told you, Uh, When I first got in the business, the only way to market yourself beyond like door knocking and maybe radio or TV was that magazine, that magazine that was circulated throughout every town in the area, had agents names and their pictures and listings and like what a... snooze fest, like who wants, like, how do you stand out on a page? Now we have the power of social media and say you hate it or love it or whatever, like it's free. So get over it. Um, and you absolutely have to, if you want to make a mark, kind of step outside of your comfort zone and jump on it. So am I a social media coach by no means, but I do know that it is the number one way to get in front of the people that you want to attract, which love you. And also, the minute that you don't act like yourself on social media, like everyone can tell, it's so gross. Yeah. Like nobody yeah. likes it. Your voices change. You're you're trying too hard. So it's really a commitment for me to say, like, you are great. Like I I I see this in you let's share that with everybody else so they see it and like drop nuggets of gold on them every day uh, in your own voice, your own personality and watch the business come in. And it truly, it truly does when people are true to themselves. So that's kind of, that's, that's step one, like getting to figure out who is someone and how can they portray that um, in the best way uh, through their voice on, on social media channels. So that's what I do first. And then just accountability. I think everybody just like hiring a personal trainer to get fit, you need somebody to be like, hey, it's me. What's going on? Yeah. Like knock, knock on yeah. your phone. Like, did you do X, Y, Z? Like, that's what we got to do. And and it's not a weakness. It's just people need accountability in their life. And it's very hard to do that as an entrepreneur on your own.
0: Yeah. So. Do, do you ever work? Do you ever work with teams? Uh, I'm curious. Uh,
1: yeah, I do. Um, yeah. I actually have a great client right now that is a team um, with a team leader. And I think it takes a lot for a team leader to say, hey, I want to get some help. Like, I, I, I need somebody to assist in this way. Um, I think teams are um, definitely the wave of the future, um, yeah. thanks to a lot of different brokerages, specifically EXP. I think what a lot of the top teams at EXP are doing right, and what a lot of other team members or team leaders are doing wrong, is it's not about you. Like, you are not the star of the show like maybe in the past, but not moving forward. And the teams that are really thriving right now, um, take like a Veronica Figueroa with the EXP. Like it's not about Veronica. It is about the people that she is bringing on to work with her, which are in turn are helping her greatly. But more so than anything, she's promoting them and like putting them up. And, and it's a completely different model. But if you were a small a small team or a person that's starting a team you can't say like you can't take the listings in your own name like what is this like 1980 like enough like you can't like that's not it like put my sign in the yard with my name like shut if you want people to stay with you that you've invested money in and taught like let them have their own piece of the pie with their own name on their sign but like be their backbone right like don't what are you doing and i think a model like exp Again, I don't work for EXP everyone, but a model like (laughs) EXP like assists in that type of of thing because you're still retaining some sort of like control and you have a benefit, but yeah, you know, you're not gonna lose people.
0: It's almost like at the core of who Glenn Sanford is, right? He is he's such a don't look he's such a a, hey, don't hey all everybody look at me guy. That's not Glenn. Yeah. Never will be. So I think maybe that absolutely kind of flowing out throughout that. I love that. Um I, I, you know, because, because so many of my guests came through the Inman channels, that's how I met them. And that's how I met you. And was able to connect, uh, at Inman connect. Tell me, tell me why, uh, why those events have been important for you.
1: Um, Inman has been like this magical, like fairy of a thing in my life. I, I, I got sick on the first one, but then I kept going. I don't even know how I ended up on stage. Someone asked me the other day. I don't remember. I think I was talking to somebody and they're like. I probably was talking too much and they're like, can you help? And then it kind of like kept rolling and I've made just such good friends. Um, a fun story. Once I, um, Brad Inman came up to me, they used to do this thing called, uh, not disconnect. Um, Inman, I forget, but they traveled all over the United States. Do oh, you remember? Yes.
0: Yeah, there was a there was a, not Agent Reboot. There's something yeah, like that it was Agent Reboot.
1: It was Agent <laughs> okay, Reboot. You go. So I would host those like many a moon ago. And okay. Brad was at one of them and he said, I really want you to come and do like exploit. It was like a connect. And I was like, uh, oh, it's the same week as my family's summer vacation. Um, or we're just gonna go somewhere for a few days. I just can't. And Brad said can you still cancel your vacation if I give you a means to another vacation? I was like, no. What are you talking about? Anyway, this man, like this mysterious Brad Inman, right, says, Katie, I have a really great house in the Redwoods in California, and I would love for you and your family to come stay at my house. I'm not there, and you can enjoy it, and then you can still come and help it connect. And um, it's, and I went. And we went and it was great. It was like Brad's house. It's, it's like this little cabin with like fairies and gnomes running around. It's the weirdest, coolest, greatest place ever. Um, but the fact that he did that for me and like getting to know him, he's just a, such a, a nice human being in the team that he has around him has created this lovely network of people who are friends and they almost become family. And the opportunity that's opened up for me has been, you know, fantastic. Not even on like a career level. It's just the relationships that I forged and what I've learned. I love learning. I'm a lifelong student and um, you get to meet great people like you. Like, it's just like, how would I, how would any of us have ever met? Honestly. Like it's just crazy. So Inman to me has been like a connector, which I think is what they're trying to do. So.
0: Yep. They're doing a great job of that for sure. Um, all right. Let me tease this a little bit. I, I, I gave this a name cause I, I was so, this is something I would, I've already mentioned it to my wife. We need to start thinking this way. And, um, I'm calling it the Airstream Chronicles, but there is a future for you. Once your daughter is off at school and in the dorm and doing all those great things and that, that the separation starts happening, that, Share what you're going to be doing.
1: Yeah. So I'm a planner. I know just like my mom like went through a mental breakdown when I left home. My, I will yeah. probably do the same. My daughter is my life and I, I yeah. got three more years left. So I'm like how, like when we started planning this probably three years ago, um, we bought our first RV. We have since sold said RV because we realized like it wasn't the one for us, but we really wanted to like try it out. See if we like it. See if we like road tripping. We love it. My daughter, not so much. Um, and we, <laughs> We thought, you know, a a lot of young people are doing this where they're like, we don't have to be in one place. We can be on the road. Well, when you're 40 plus years old, like I am, you don't just say, oh, I'm going to quit corporate America or or my job or my roots and like leave town today. It's not possible. When you're younger, you can start from the beginning. Right. So we need to plan. Um, And when you're in real estate, you have roots that are deeply within because you're selling, right? So three years ago, it's when we started to say, you know, let's diversify our real estate licenses a bit, our broker's licenses. Let's figure out what else we can do. Um, So when my daughter graduates in 2025, we can buy our Airstream, which for those of you who do not know, that is not an airplane, which apparently no. some people said I thought I was <laughs> going to buy an airplane. I know I am not. I'm sorry. Um, real estate has not been that good to me. Um,
0: an airstream. This is, the, this is the gold standard of, of, of yeah, trailers. It is- yeah, the trailer you pull, It's not. they're not fifth wheels. They're all trailers. No. And they're amazing.
1: They are amazing. So we're going to buy our Airstream. And uh, we already like to know the make and the model. And we're not buying it yet because I know it will just sit there and get dusty and there's no need. I don't have time to use it yet. We will be on the road by January, 2026. She graduates in May, 2025. Um, And we will work remotely. We will have our business set up by that point um, to be able to do that. And we are just so incredibly excited and uh, basically we will go from town to town and enjoy looking around it'll keep me from being horrified that my daughter's gone <laughs> and uh, we'll have a place in Michigan so we'll be able to go to Michigan and along the way we'll probably buy properties stay in the airstream outside while we help renovate those properties and so on um making them like you know good to go and and just live our life like the way we want free to do whatever like it sounds fantastic then she'll have a family of her own and I'll follow her wherever she is.
0: I was going to say, <laughs> if if and when you become a grandmother, that that Airstream is going to be parked right outside for now, a while. Here I am.
1: <laughs> What's even better, Ford just came out with a truck, which we just purchased, that has a generator built into the truck. We just yeah. bought that. So that's step one. And then now our Airstream, we can go off grid. We don't have to be anywhere specifically. And it will run our Airstream.
0: I have a couple last things. I'll let you go. I yeah. run over on the time I asked of you, but I saw somewhere in my research uh, a great line, and I hope it's yours because it's amazing. I did. It's mine. I know. It's, so I'll let you share the line. Share the line that I'm talking about. Yeah, it's uh, you, you know. It?
1: Smile more. as Screw the crow's feet, or screw That's the crow's awesome. feet. Smile more. Whatever the case may be, but I just yeah. remember, um, I women get scared of aging as they get older, and they don't. Honestly, I get literally, they don't smile as much because they're afraid their face is going to get wrinkled. And it's just so ridiculous to me. I, I think like, number one, as you get older, you typically have more money and more money gives you the ability to fill on those lines. <laughs> like number one, when I came up with that line, I didn't really have any wrinkles yet. It was like 10 plus years ago. Now okay. I'm like, you know what? Smile more because I can get them filled in. But also it's just like, have a good time. Like who cares? And I, I'm sure you'll, you'll agree with me, but the older you get, the less you give a crap. <laughs> Like I do not care. Like I couldn't even believe the amount of no cares I give as compared to when I was like 20. It's ridiculous. So, you know, something's funny, like say it, whatever. And like, forget about what it's going to do to your life or whatever. Like just live for you. That's, that's me.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let me give you the, the same final question we've given every guest on the show. And that's what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started?
1: I would say... Uh, and I know this is pretty general, but be hungry um, and be ready for rejection. Um, Because if you mentally prepare for it, then it won't stab you as bad. But the being hungry part is so very important. And remember, everything that you see, almost everything you see online is fake. (laughs) Like, that's not real. That person had did not sell that mansion. Okay. Like they, they probably are eating the dollar menu if that exists anymore and good for them. Right. But like go do you and, and just believe in who you are and, and be hungry for the business because you have value to provide and people want to pay you for it. And I think that's something that a lot of people forget.
0: Katie, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way they can do that?
1: Um, God, you can find me everywhere. Um, you can reach out to me via cell phone or email is probably easy. It's just katie at KDkosev.com or just Google me. I'm I'm all over the place.
0: Katie, this was way better than I could even imagine. Thank you so much for... For, uh, for just being you. It's really so much fun to watch you. I, a lot of people like what you do. I mean, I hear people talk about you all the time Aww. and uh, thrilled to have you here on the show. And uh, I will see you hopefully, uh, maybe at, in New York, if not there, mm-hmm. I'll see you on-
1: I'll be <laughs> I'll there.
0: Okay. I'll see you next January. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to the Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app.